0: Yo, what up peeps? So, today is uh, Thursday. It's like uh, about 5 p.m. in the afternoon. It's, uh, I think it's July 1, maybe July 2. I'm not sure what day it is. I know the 4th is on Sunday. So that makes this July 1st? 2nd, 3rd. Yeah, maybe this is the 1st. July 1. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but. Yeah, okay, so I wanted to do this one because uh, to get this episode started up, I'm probably going to break it down in two or three segments. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Luca. Luca on uh, Disney Plus, or I don't know if that was out in theaters, but I watched it and I liked it. Uh, I think... Let's get get right into it. I'm going to talk about Luca. Uh, I would like to talk about... uh, What the fuck did I just... I had it on my mind, man. Damn. Uh, there's a couple of things that I watched. First and foremost... Oh, Godzilla's singular point. Hopefully, I'll get to talking about that. I know I said it last week. And I, but I want to watch it again because I got a little bit confused. But let's start off... With Luca. And also, this is the 4th of July weekend. So, a lot of people's are taking off Friday, Saturday... And I think even Monday. So... Well, let's start off with Luca. Um, first of all, supposedly the kids were gay. I, I don't buy that because I watched the movie and I did not see them kiss, nor did I see them like holding hands or anything overtly homosexual. And I'm not exactly sure why the fuck that is even a topic. I don't know. I mean, perhaps Disney subtly put it in there, but I didn't notice it. Nor could you have noticed it. And this is only for... The one random motherfucker... I think they're... In, Putting put in words in Disney's mouth... And also insinuating some shit. The movie was a good movie. I liked it. It was a good little story. Um, to me it was just a good... Little story for kids to watch. I mean I don't really get the... I mean... I, I talk about the movie. Uh, you got Luca. You've got... Uh, the girl and the other kid in Silenzio Bruno, like they got. There's some. There's. To me, the overall the movie is. It, it's not gonna blow you away, like a Wally, or blow you away like a Toy Story. No, this is probably on the lesser end of Pixar's ability, but I, I like. I like the movie. Um. Basically, you know. They're sea monsters. Luca and his family, and you know, Luca's young and he wants to go to the surface. And you know, things from fishing boats fall into the sea all the time, and he's kind of curious about it. And he's, I like how he he, he how he hurts the fish under the sea like they're they're sheep or chicken. Uh. And it comes to find out, like, when they go up to the surface, because they're, like, I guess they are sea monsters, they transform into humans. Like, they have, like, a mermaid ability. Like, in the Little Mermaid, like, they have that ability to come up to surface and not be detected. Which I, I totally... I don't know why that that trope exists in sea legends. Also, if you pay attention to Pirates of the Caribbean... Davy Jones is actually... He's reverse of that. He's a man turned into a sea monster. You know, out of love. So, I mean, that kind of goes both ways. But whatever. I mean, you know, but it's a good kid movie. You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought... I was kind of hoping for their Pixar moment where, like, they just throw at you, like, a million things on the screen. And your eyeballs, like... Are, like... So overwhelmed with fucking like, visuals and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. Like, like, that happens often in Pixar movies. I didn't know, I'd have to watch Luca again to really get a good grasp as to if they did that at any point in the movie. Uh, Perhaps during the bike race at the very end. And, I don't know, I'm driving home right now and my car is fucking like, bumping like, like, if I got like a little ball on one of my wheels I'm not sure but we are like bumpity bumpity down the road and I shouldn't be bumpity bumpity don't know what's really going on here but anyways so eventually Luca gets curious and he pops his head out to out to land and that's where he meets uh, I don't know the other kid's name but it's uh, let let me look it up real quick Luca. Luca. Why am I spelling a? Luca cast. Okay, so we got Luca, you got Alberto. You've got What is the young girl's name? Yeah, como... You got Ercole, which is the villain. Uh, Is it Gia Marakova? Is the young girl's name? Why isn't she at the top three? She was a big part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Uh, Yeah, I'm assuming that's her. I guess it's Guia, Guila. I-, I don't know. They give her another name. So it's it. A- it's Alberto, Luca is- are the main two, and there's a- the girl is the third. Now she comes in mid story. So, <sighs> but either way, I mean, I thought, you know, if we're gonna get into, the- I thought that they were. I thought they both liked her a little bit. I thought that that's where they were kind of hinting. I thought that's what they were hinting at, like. And then Luca ended up going, at the very end of the movie, going with her to school. And I was like, he's like, he said farewell to Alberto. And voila, like, that was the end of the, That kind of was the end of their little brotherhood, their little, you know, their little time together. And that was their time, his time to get with, you know, the girl. I just... Thought that that's what they I thought that's what was going on I don't really know I don't really know that there was a gay window even in the movie I didn't think about that at all didn't see it either not even uh the, the dad of the uh the one-armed dad like I didn't think he was gay either I didn't I don't know where they're getting this I don't know I didn't see a person that, and I would have to watch it again and I would have to be explained probably where but I didn't see it I didn't see it at all. Um, now, back to the movie. They, so, Luca ends up on land and he runs into Alberto in his little hideout. And there, they kind of form a bond. He t- tries to tell them how to walk, run, and all that. And they come to find out that they can travel the world on a Vespa. Which I thought was kind of funny because... <laughs> I've seen Vespas in real life. And you're not traveling... Nowhere on them motherfuckers You're barely even getting Across town On that little putty putty But I thought it was funny That that was their ambition To get a Vespa Um, And You know So they They're thinking They're gonna go to town They're gonna go to the human town Which is like Another little swim away Like where they're at In the ocean is kind of deep ocean And they get to this little Like island That's been abandoned And then Alberto's like Using it as a hideout And then the mainland Is like Another little Distance away So, um, basically, Alberto tells Luca, like, hey, we go into this town, we can just run up to Mr. Vespa and tell us to give us one, or, like, we'll do something for it, like, so that's their whole plan. They get to town, and that's when they run into Ercole, and Ercole's got a shiny Vespa that he's won, I guess, from multiple winnings on the, uh, the... This is a tournament that the town had. The tournament has this. the The town has this little tournament. Let me see. Look our, Look at Pixar. Tournament. Or let's see, is it the Athalon Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. It was... It uh, doesn't say... But I'm, I'm Googling it. Let me see. And it does come up. Look, look up Pixar. Okay, let me see what it says. I'm seeing on BuzzFeed. Pixar's Luca is totally a gay movie, whether Disney admits it or not. And I didn't see it. Luca provides Disney's Pixar's wasn't brave enough to fully commit to its first queer animated film. And I don't I don't think it was, because I didn't. There's how gay is Pixar's Luca. Is Luca Pixar's first gay movie? Maybe. Yeah, Vanity Fur they probably right about that one. Maybe. I don't think it was. I didn't see no I didn't see no kiss, nor did I see like an overtly gay, any gay windows. So I don't really know where they're getting all that from. I think they're just, like they, I think they were kind of, like, hoping it what people, I think people were hoping it was. But I don't think it was. I didn't think it, I didn't think that at all. I, I'm telling you, I don't think, I, I think How to Train Your Dragon had this other thing where they were talking about one of the characters was gay. And I didn't see it either. I was like, uh, no, like, And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not the kind that's going to be like, Oh my God, they're fucking showing gay shit to kids. Like, uh, there's gay kids. They what? They can't have a a movie that's made by... I don't know, fucking Disney or somebody? Like, there's gay kids. There's been gay kids this entire time since fucking the dawn of age almost. Uh, And it's kind of... Like, you're kind of wondering like when that would be. The first one, like... I didn't feel it was Luca. But I don't know what tournament they, they, anyways, they get to the main line. I don't know what tournament that they sign up for, but the girl has never won. Julia. Julia has never, that's her name, Julia, has never won the tournament. And Hercules won like five in a row. Uh, and it comes down to you gotta swim, you gotta eat pasta, and then you have to bike up the hill. Uh so Luca and Alberto team up with Julia and they set out to like win this race and they start training and you know Luca's all gung ho about it. Like and Alberto's kinda like he kind of kind of faints out a little bit. And what the thing is is he wants to get the best way to travel the world. But at this see at this point he this is where I'm like I don't see it. Is, I don't see this being gay. Alberto wants the Vespa to travel the world So that way he can just be Like a free spirit Like Because his dad abandoned him and, Or whatever You know And he just had nowhere to go He wanted to travel the world And just see the world then Luca wanted to go with Julia to school And every time that Julia would talk about it He was getting closer and closer About learning about school And being with other students And he wanted to go and they kind of, like, they had a difference of opinion about the race and about what they were going to do with the money and this and that. And they kind of had a little a little powwow. And they split up. But I didn't, at no point were they fucking right there kissing or even overtly holding hands in a, in a sexual way or anything. Like, I see it as two kids that were kind of, like, just buddy-buddies. And then they fucking, like, had a little falling out, like, as witches the trope in most movies, like... Uh, Timon and Pumbaa, fucking, you know, and with also with fucking uh, Simba right there. Like, are you saying they were gay? No. Uh, shit. Flounder and fucking uh, the other cat, the fucking Jamaican crab. Were they gay characters? Probably not. I mean... I don't really know where they were getting this, so... So, that's besides the point that... So, they have a little powwow, and... They separate the team. They were a three-pack, and they went down to, like... They were gonna do each one for themselves. And Hercules right there, fucking ready to fuck shit up. Now, Lucas steps up to the plate, and he, uh... He tries doing it now. If you get wet, people are gonna know you're a sea monster, so... Uh, also, the cat in the movie. The cat really, to me, stole the show. That cat was funny as fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they, they team up. In, or they don't team up. In, anyways, Luca gets a, uh, like a fucking submarine suit. And he goes into the water where they can't see him. And he's going kind of slow. He ends up being like dead last. But when he comes out of the water... He runs up to the fucking pasta. And they have been training to do the pasta. So he like scarfed down the pasta. And then it it turns out to be it's Ercole, Julia, and Luca are like one, two, and three. At which point Alberto comes back to help Luca because it's raining. And he'll turn colors like, well, he'll turn back into the sea monster. So he tries helping him. Meanwhile Urcole kinda of gets wind of all this that they're the sea creatures And he wants to kill them so it all boils down to I think Luca and Alberto win if I'm not mistaken they get down the hill and they win first At which point Urcole is like he wants to kill them because it, it's raining and they turn out to be like sea monsters like And but at the same time it's like half the town or like a quarter of the town is already sea monsters so they were—they had just been living amongst, and like nobody knew. And you know, and then Luca's mom and dad went to go find them up there, and they—they were showing. So everybody was kind of like over the sea monster thing and over Urkelay shit, and they were—they ha- were just happy to give them the the win. At which point, everything kind of like fixes itself out, and then Luca ends up dipping out with with Julia on the bus to go to school to her mom's. And that's, that's it. Alberto stays behind. He's going to stay. He ends up staying with Julia's dad to help him fish. And he gets his father that, his father figured that he had, he hadn't had when he was a kid. So, but I liked the movie. I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought, you know, I, you know, the controversy behind it, it, to me, uh, like, a little bit overshadows the, the goodness of the movie. I thought the movie was really good. I, I didn't see no... I didn't see not a... I mean... I didn't see anything. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What these think pieces are putting... they were put so much on the movie. And I was like, I didn't really think... I even told my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? Everybody's saying that Luca was like a gay movie. I was like, I didn't see it. Like, And I don't think she saw it either. As a matter of fact, nobody fucking saw it. So... You know, kind of weird in that, in that aspect. I just don't know how that came to be it, in the beginning. I don't know how, like, what happened. So, but anyways, we're going to talk about Godzilla's singular point. Maybe I'm going to go back and rewatch a few episodes, you know, t- tonight and tomorrow. And then I'm going to try to dissect that for you guys. I, I, I watched it and I liked it, but I mean, I, I would, I can't even explain it, so... Hang tight while I, I get this episode up and, and uh, get it going here shortly. Hang tight. Okay, peoples, I'm back. So, you know, today's the 3rd of July, uh, just before the 4th of July. So I'm going to try to wrap up this episode today. Got a few more things I'm going to talk about before we dip out. Uh, Godzilla's singular point. Uh, We'll start there. Uh, We'll pick it up here. Uh, You know, okay. So, now that... Somebody broke down Luca to me. Let me just wrap up the little bit of Luca. Even though I thought i wrapped it up. But let me just give one final thought. Somebody told me... And explained to me how they thought... Or how it's... Because, supposedly... Luca is gay, supposedly because these kids... But I don't... I still don't understand it. I still don't see it. Because... They want, they want the kids to be who, they, who they're supposed to be or who they are. They, they, you don't need to hide it that they're, I guess, gay. But in reality, it's sea monster. I guess that's what they were saying. That's how they're gay because, like, they had to come out and... Exp- but, I mean, isn't that the story of, like, The Little Mermaid? Like, I mean, The Little Mermaid wasn't gay. It, the, again it's, I guess it was okay to be who you are um but they're sea monsters, but I mean i again, I don't think Luca was overtly gay at all I mean I think it was I thought it was a good story for the fact that there was two buddies and then they had a little falling out, and then they came back to win something like I thought that I thought the movie. Like I didn't even actually know that anybody said it was until somebody was like, "Hey, isn't that movie like supposed to be like about gay people?" And I'm like, "Uh, no. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anything like that in there. And, like, there absolutely is no man kissing or anything, or neither of neither the boys. So I don't really know what exactly they were seeing. So I mean, some something, I guess it has." I guess it's a big metaphor for like... I guess it can be okay in their own skin. But I mean... Isn't that literally the fucking... Story of every... Fucking... Disney movie ever? It's okay to be who you are... If you're living a little bit different... Like Wally and shit. Um, But anyways... So back to this... Godzilla singular point. Now... I, I didn't watch it again... Uh, I probably will watch it again at some point because I mean it's the new I mean besides Godzilla versus Kong uh, Godzilla Godzilla's singular point is the freshest Godzilla there is out there but this is uh, to me it's mistitled this is jet Jaguars uh, this is a jet Jaguar movie or a uh, series. With Godzilla being a villain of sorts. But I don't... It's not really... A, he's not... Godzilla isn't really a villain more so as he's a... He's the Kind of like in the other Godzilla. Like, it's a natural process of humanity. Like, eventually humanity will get so big that they cause their own destruction. And Godzilla is that. He's not a villain more so as he's a natural part of the the death of everything and I am from from what I mean I could be totally wrong but I thought that they said Jet Jaguar had fought and either stopped or attempted to stop Godzilla 551 times and that Jet Jaguar actually is the orthogonal diagonalizer and he is uh Godzilla is A, Jet Jaguar is B, and they fucking just they cancel each other out. Um uh, But I you know what so okay so it's a Jet Jaguar stone, but I, I liked it. I thought overall the look of it was amazing. I, I like that they brought back all the old noises of the Godzilla because I had it, it, you know what? That's something that was in King of the Monsters and also Godzilla vs Kong. Some of these old Godzilla sounds. Uh, I know that they tried it in in Godzilla twenty fourteen. They tried to like give him his own fresh sound, and but they didn't do any of the old have any of the old music to it. But I I, I like the old Godzilla sounds, um, especially Ghidorah. It's one of the most unique sounds of all time. Uh, Godzilla's roar. And also his like. His intro music. You know. That. I, I mean if I. If I. I wish I could do these. Professionally. And pull up his. The fucking. You know. His fucking. Walkout music. You know. That hit a couple of times in there. Also it was good hearing. Rodan's actual. Screeches. Again. And. Uh, Anguirus was in there. And. A couple of other... A couple of other monsters were in there. Now... To me... The story... Is very... Very, very... Hard to follow. Uh, because it is... But you know what? I That's why I think I should watch it again. Because I think I like... I'd have to really pay attention... To what was going on. So. Uh, the Rodan. The, uh, Rodan just appeared out of nowhere. And J- they had been making Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar kind of was like. A robotics feat. Like the, you know like. The old man Otaki. Wanted it. He wanted a Jager Or a Jet Jaguar. You know. And. He had it posted up at a like a fair so people could see it but like it was operational but it really didn't do nothing it had no purpose and the rodans appeared or a rodan appeared and basically the jet jaguar fended off the uh, initial attack of rodan and they got. I like how they came up with the Rodan's name because it was a radio waves that they found that was being played with uh, Rodan screeches. So they kind of radio wave, and then they kind of got it to Rodan. And I thought, and then you know, I liked how they showed that. And um, and so and so one Rodan shows up, and then like a couple of more show up, and then all of a sudden like hundreds show up. And they bring with them this red dust. Now the red dust... Signifies that... Godzilla is on the way. And he in fact is the end of the world. At which point... The singular point... See the story then picks up. Anguirus shows up. But he's able to... I like Anguirus's abilities his ability in this version because I and Garris didn't really have any abilities other than he could just be a spike ball uh but his spikes in this one like they have like a rattlesnake ability not not a rattlesnake but it's about, they have like they shake like the rattlesnake and they shake so fast I guess that they create, like, he ends up, like, they shot, they shot him with a rifle, and, and they explained that, so they shot him with, the, he was able to deflect it with his scale, but first of all, his scales are, like, fucking hard as fuck, they're, they're, like, they're able to cut some major shit, because, eventually, they take, they kill Anguirus, uh, and then they end up taking one of his spikes and putting it on a spear for Jet Jaguar. And that's actually... That fucks up, like, all the rodans. And he, he goes toe-to-toe with Godzilla with it for a moment. Um, but Anguirus's spikes are, like... They're able to deflect, like, everything. And, it's, and they talked about it, how it was moving so fast. They thought he was able to predict the future. But it was just his scales were going so fast that... I mean, he could just. I I mean, I like that. I like that, and then I like that they use one of his spikes for a weapon, which I mean, Angiris. If you're if you're talking about Angiris, I actually think that's the best version of Angiris we got. And also, I like the Rodans. Uh, I like the Rodans being in a pack instead of a singular. Like Rodan is just a singular bird, because honestly, one singular bird. Against a Godzilla or anything doesn't make any sense. But if you put a thousand rodents, and even if they're a little bit smaller in size, that actually is terrifying because, like, that would be like if you, like, a thousand bees came at you. Like, you would not, you know, one bee is not going to hurt you. And, that, and even, like, to a degree, like, and I, if a human was to fucking see an equal, you know, in comparison, and it fly right at you, you probably would duck, but. If it was to keep fucking with you... You could get a bat and just fucking smack it out the air. And that's actually what Godzilla does. He has a tail. He has fire breath. He can fucking smack Rodan out the sky. But you take that. You shrink it down. And you make Rodan the size of what would be like bees to Godzilla. And you send a thousand. You're not stopping a thousand bees from stinging you. You're just not. Uh, they, they Eventually, Rodan gets bigger in the, in the series. But I understand... And I that's a good take on Rodan. Have it been so many Rodans that, you know, it just they, and eventually they blanketed the fucking Tokyo with the red dust and fucking cars causing major fucking problems, you know, and the city, in the city level, so. I like that fact I I like that I like how they got to Manda Manda just came up out of nowhere And that actually was Godzilla's food I thought for a second Um, So I like a lot of that Like I said The story is very hard to follow Um, But I try to break it down The best I can Supposedly, that the end of the world has happened, and like I said, at numerous times, and a scientist discovers. And actually, I think it's, I think it happens in multiple worlds, and not just our world, but multiple worlds. because I felt that Jet Jaguar said that. They had fought and battled Godzilla 551 times. Which is insane. But. And I don't think they were successful all 551 times. I think it was like. I don't know. They don't say. I'm assuming he stopped him a handful of times. But not all the times. Or maybe like 50-50. The, the scientist discovers that a singular point event is going to happen through. What the fuck are those called? I don't have it all on my... Front of me. But there are these little cues. The, ar- the archetypes are... The archetype... Supposedly, when the light goes through it... It's supposed to not gain speed or heat. But the archetype... When the light goes through it... It can heat up. And then... Uh, the, one of the main characters... or I don't know her name. I think it was... Uh, I don't even... I, Kai McKenna or something like that? I don't know, the girl with the glasses, the nerdy girl. She is like, well, that shouldn't happen unless the light is moving in the future through, through these archetypes. And then that's where the lady, Lee, uh, Professor Lee, is like, okay, well, she understands what's going on here. So they pull her to the side... She fucking tells her, like, hey, we've we've understood this, we've understood that. Uh, and then they figure out how to bend the light in, in 6 equals 9. If you do this. in And they start studying this dude's notes. Who, who then... They can't figure out certain things that are happening. And what it's got to do with these radio waves. But all of it's kind of connected. Um... Apparently, he predicted that this the singular event was going to happen, or the singular point, and that in his time they embedded a code that could help. They there's a couple of words: the orthogonal diagonalizer, and then there's also the archetype. There's a singular point, and there's something else that I'm forgetting. There's um the radio. I don't know. So. Basically, I mean, you skip through a little bit of the story. The more monsters are appearing. The radio waves are... But they end up finding out that... uh, There's a message hidden in there, but it's dated for a certain time. It's like... They say it's like four days in the future. And that's when they're going to get these coordinates or these codes to plug into this machine... That can stop the red dust or or whatever. But at the same time, Godzilla is like has emerged. And he's just like fucking shit up. Oh my god. Anyways, so that happens and then eventually they upgrade Jet Jaguar to give him the ability to fly. The other main character... The nerdy dude... Uh... He ends up... He's... He kind of runs Jet Jaguar... And Pelops... The computer system... Ends up in Jet Jaguar... Uh... And... and the long story short... Jet Jaguar... Ends up getting... The... Uh, he ends up being the... or I think he ends up being... The orthogonal diagonalizer... And that can stop... Godzilla... Uh and he downloads the codes and that's when he explains that he's battled Godzilla like 550 some odd times and he ends up Jet Jaguar ends up being Godzilla's size at the end I'm not exactly sure how that happened but he goes toe to toe with Godzilla and Godzilla blows like half of Jet Jaguar's face off but because he's a robot it's ineffective and then he ends up turning the red dust into crystals and that's the end of the story but I don't think that's the end of the story. I think they're gonna get a season two out of it uh, because not everything was totally explained, and I think they just momentarily stopped the singular point. Um, it's a good, it's a good little anime. I liked it. I liked it. I, I give it. A, I, I don't give it quite a two thumbs up. A nine out of a ten. Go watch it. But I, I thought you know, probably like a. I think like a solid seven out of a ten. If you like Godzilla and if you like Jet Jaguar and you like all of that, and you like anime, it's a wor- it's a worthy watch. It's a little bit complicated a little bit hard to follow, but there's enough jokes, there's enough things going on in there that are not just so complicated to watch that don't keep you entertained. And then the, the, and then you do get a little bit of the Godzilla flavor to it. So I, I liked it. I, I mean. I'm totally like, Wow, that was pretty good. I, w- I hope they they run it back with another another season um you know just like the uh, the other three guys the I the other three guys the I thought were phenomenal, man. The other guys of the Netflix adaptations, those are phenomenal. Uh this one w- this one wasn't as phenomenal, but I think it was it was good. It had its own... Uh, I liked what they did with some of the other... Uh, Kaiju. Especially Anguirus and Rodan. To me, those were the, some of the, And Anguirus was only in it for like two episodes. But he ended up becoming pivotal... In the struggle... Uh, with Godzilla and the Rodans. He became a pivotal... Because Jet Jaguar eventually had the the Anguirus Spear of Destiny as, as it were and that was hacking up the fucking spider things uh, and I'm not sure if that's Kamanga or not but it also looked like when they cut it like it had a little hedora esque flavor to it uh, there's the other fucking kaiju that I can't think of maybe it's Baragon uh, the little horned dog dude <laughs> I've seen him in other things, but I just don't know his name. But he kind of played a pivotal role as well. Um, But yeah, you know, like I kind of like I like they got away a little bit from it being a heavy. See, there's the heavy weights is like Mothra, Ghidorah, uh, Mothra, Ghidorah and like Mechagodzilla. Like those have been done. It was time. It was time. I haven't seen Anguirus updated in a minute. And I kind of am like, gears is one of my more favorite uh, because he ends up te- gears more often than not teams up with Godzilla. Um, that's something I've liked about Angiris for the most part. Like in the Elder, he was Godzilla's buddy, and he would just being turned into a bond, just running and fucking, and his spikes would fucking fuck up somebody's, you know. Uh, so I like that about Angus. I, I know Matra, Um has played a pillar role, but they kind of did Mothra dirty in King of the Monsters. Uh, which I'm not totally against, but... I, I thought Matra, But they, they left it open then so there could be another Mothra. Uh, you know, so... But I, I think I, I like that they went away from that Rodan has been used a couple times now recently but I think this is probably overall the best looking Rodan was the one in King of the Monster but this is this one makes a lot of sense Rodan was ne- you know they they, they, were, they were right to punk Rodan Ghidorah punk Rodan and then Mothra ended up fucking shanking Rodan And you know So I'm okay with that But this one that wouldn't None of that would This Rodan in Singular Point Or the Rodans I think they could have taken fucking Ghidorah And they could have. I think they could cause Godzilla a lot of problems as well Um, Not as much problems as you'd think But they would still cause Major problems Um, And they did cause major problems for the peoples I mean a little bit more so than The Rodan did in King of the Monsters But yeah, and and I like Jet Jaguar too. I don't like Jet Jaguar's overall design, but I kind of, I'm like, I'm okay with it. Uh, He's a little bit more mechanical, like the robots you see at like, like you see the people at MIT, you know, try and are creating, and it kind of got a little flavor of that, But you know, robot head. But overall, I was okay with it. I mean, I was okay with seeing Jet Jaguar. I thought it was going to be a little bit more cornier than what it was uh, seeing the previews but I I like I actually like that they they he was like he's updating Jaguar is updating he's updating like I don't know he keeps updating then eventually he got to the update to where like he remembers everything and he just gets Godzilla to fucking you know and Godzilla blew half of his face off. That was kind of cool too, but he was still working. Like, so I like I like all that. So just just on that fact, I give it like a, uh, a one in three quarters thumbs up. I mean, if you like Godzilla and you like Kaiju and you like that, you'll like it. Um, the story is a little hard to follow. So I think younger fans or fans who don't know anything about Godzilla and they watch the Godzilla vs Kong or Godzilla King of the Monsters and they see this. Then they get hella confused Just on the story And they might not like it But I liked it Because I already know Some of the characters From previous uh, Previous iterations And I'm okay with it And you know So that's where I I liked it So Go watch it It's on Netflix Um, uh, You know It just dropped the other day I've already watched it I want to watch it again So, I'll probably watch it again sometime soon. Try to get... Try to see things that I missed. Maybe more Easter eggs pop up in there. Uh... You know. And hopefully you get a season 2. That's what I want is a season 2 of of Singular Point. Because I, I thought the Godzilla... You know what? I wasn't really the greatest fan of the Godzilla design initially. But... They did it pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Like... I, you know what? I like that Toho gave Legendary the rights to this Godzilla. Because they... You know... There is some things now that Toho is like... Oh, okay. I, you can see... the. I like that they're bouncing ideas. And then, you know, Toho's using their ideas this way. You know, I, I like that. I like that Toho's like realizing... Okay, we can do Godzilla... He doesn't have to be a uh, a straight up a fucking you know a, a dude in a suit. And the Toho is now like, okay, we can do it this way, we can do it that way, we can do this, we can do that. Um, and they don't have to be miniaturized and I given a different flavor. And I like you know that Toho, you know, because Godzilla's singular point. Godzilla kind of reminds me of Shin Godzilla, but it's also got the flavor of legendaries, especially when he's walking in and around the flames and they show how angry he is. Shin Godzilla, I don't know if that was really portrayed as well as it wasn't seen in the part, especially when he was like walking around and the whole flames were behind him. That shit was hard. Uh, his breath uh, was wild. Uh, never seen... But you know what? It looked like it looked like a Hadouken, like it was charging up by his mouth and then shot it off. Uh, I do like that Shin Godzilla's mouth and his beam as well. I I I actually thought that was that was hard as fuck because a lot of a lot of animals do that, especially snakes. They they separate their jaws like that, and you know. So I thought Godzilla doing that was all right, and and I like what they did with this one. I like this, I like I said I didn't really like it. When he, if you see that Godzilla pulled out from everything else and you just look at his entire body, you might be like, wow, that's kinda of, he's kind of chunky at the bottom and you kinda of got a weird structure. But in Singular Point, he looks phenomenal. I didn't I don't see any problem with his design uh in singular point at all. Uh, but I do like you can totally tell that there is some Toho uh There is some, there is a little bit, as a matter of fact, they brought in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the Destroyer of Worlds and all that, line. and I like that Toho was like, okay, that shit was hard when they made it, and that was on the fucking trailer or whatever, you know, and they put it in, uh, they put it in their singular point, and I actually like that they did that, I I like the little reference, um. I don't know if most people caught it, but I did. And so I was like, oh, okay, okay. So they they, they they respect. There's a lot of respect there. Respect both ways. I think Godzilla has been treated. This is the best fucking almost decade of Godzilla run that we've had, that I've had personally since I was a kid. Um, you know, everybody remembers those guys, the you know, those Godzillas in the 80s you know and as I was growing up when I was a young kid I was watching the fuck out of those couldn't get enough of it and then they went through kind of a corny ass era and uh, and then they got all the way to Godzilla like 2000 or whatever year that was uh, or 90 or 99 or 95 or whatever maybe it wasn't even 2000 maybe it was Godzilla like 90, 95 or 90 I don't know what Godzilla was and then the, and then we got to where we're at now, and I, and I've liked that. Toho never gave up, and and now Godzilla's a big a big movie franchise. You know, Kong's right there. Can to help the cause? I think Ghidorah can come back, and I and you know, I, I think Godzilla obviously can come back more so easily than Ghidorah. Uh I Mother can come back. I mean, they, there's the whole ball field, a whole playing field of things that they can do there, so and, and hopefully the big, you know hopefully we get a Pacific Rim crossover or some of the uh, kaiju from there I would love to see Godzilla and Kong square off against, you know I would like to see Godzilla, Kong and Gypsy Danger square off against you know, like 10 fucking Pacific Rim you know, kaiju you know in just a fucking battle royale Like That would be hard I And mean, Kong with an axe and Gypsy Danger with a fucking You know sword and Godzilla just fucking Straight brawling You know The earth defenders or whatever That would be dope Um but yeah so I I like Godzilla's singer poem rambling on a little bit And uh this episode might be a little long But let me stop there And just switch subjects to this Lorna Shore song uh, if you haven't heard it, it came out. It's um, let me look at the name real quick. Where is it at? Where are we at? And I return no to the Hellfire, to the Hellfire by Lauren Shart. I do like it. Now I was telling my brother this the other day, and and I'm only going to talk about the song briefly because can't talk about you can't talk about a song in its entirety for an hour. Um, not even the bands want you to do that. But I do like where they were coming from. So there's a couple of things you gotta you gotta take into consideration. Deathcore and metalcore still has an iron chokehold on heavy music. in the deathcore bands: Chelsea Grin The Acacia Train Old Suicide, Silence. You know, bands of the nature—they still got a chokehold on the way heavy music with breakdowns and and that kind of that shit sounds. Um, And what I mean by that is, I mean, I mean, obviously you got Carnifex in there, but they still, there's still this iron grip. And I think Lorna Shore, you know, I know they've had several things go on, especially they changed out singers. They made, you know, they had to get a new singer now, and, and they've been, obviously they, COVID happened, and they couldn't tour, and Council know, Culture, and all of this stuff happened to them. But I thought the new song, To The Hellfire, was... Um, it was really good. I like it. Not just because it's a straight up death chord beat down song, but they kind of flexed their muscles. I thought with the overall presentation of it, uh, this was like, OK, even though we switched singers, even though all of this stuff happened, we can still make and in, in probably. I don't know. I'm a fan of a little bit underproduction versus overproduction. Immortal is just on the cusp of being too overproduced, but it's just underproduced enough to where you're like, okay, I understand. Like, it's not an overproduced piece of shit. Like, and I don't want to name drop any bands, but like Slipknot's newest shit is way overproduced. Um, anything by Avenged Sevenfold is overproduced now, um, you know Volbeat is overproduced like some of these bands are way the fuck overproduced I would even say like Behemoth and some of these other bands that uh, people are clinging on to for dear life are just way over overproduced. even Demon Borger is overproduced like way overproduced uh, they need to draw the curtain back a little bit and just stick to I, I mean as a true metal fan And as a, as a connoisseur of everything Heavy and metal And fucking hard and core I You can listen You can hear it in the music When it's just The producers just get a hold of it And just fucking Okay this song could have been It would have been dope sounding Like probably the demo is better Than the fucking actual song And that happens to a lot of bands And then and then they wonder Why the fucking fans Fucking are like well, What is this And they don't really like it And they're like Well it's you just You had something going there And then You just For whatever reason Made the error Of judgment And be like Wow this is too much Too much bullshit You changed on it uh, You should have stuck With the demo version And my, 90% of the times A band Even some bands Recognize that And are like Well this was the demo version And you are like Oh shit The demo was better and they're, and they're probably right. It's uh, their way of probably sneak dissing whoever produced it. But, okay, so... This song is just underproduced than, I would say, Immortal as a whole. But it's right... It, it hit, it, to me, it hits a sweet spot. Because you can totally tell that this band is, for reals, probably one of the top dogs in... A, a black deathcore fucking onslaught. Probably one of the top bands. I mean, I don't know if any other bands are really pushing the envelope to get this fucking the satanic black metal vibes going, um, mixed in with some breakdowns and fucking heavy chunky riffs and fucking pig vocals, pig squeals. Uh, there's not many, very many bands doing it, let alone doing it good, let alone having to be a six minute song or whatever, the the longer, short song is good. Immortal was good. I do like their older stuff as well, and I could see the, the progression they took, but I think they took a hair step back uh, in the production value, you know, and, but I actually think that's probably where they should stay. Uh, Immortal but you know what I wouldn't be against them making another Immortal esque album. Uh I for one like it. I I've like you know I, I've li- I still listen to Immortal. Uh I just listened to it the other day, like just for the hell of it. But I do I do think that the this the direction they took on this E P that they're coming out with probably is the best direction I think. They could have gone. Uh, And maybe the other songs will be overproduced. It's just one song. It's hard to say, but I do like how it's set up, how it sounds. And just, I mean, it was just, it's a monstrous ass song. Like, you know, and I'm really like, like, Lorna Shore is slowly becoming like, I want to fucking see them because it just sounds like a fucking riot. As soon as their fucking guitars hit, like it sounds like fucking violence. It's actually like what I fucking like in heavy metal. It just sounds fucking violent. Like that's how all heavy, that's what heavy metal should aspire to be. It's exactly what fucking Lone Shore sounds like. You know? It, that's exactly why I like the string. It's exactly why I like reading through. It's exactly why I like the bands that I do like. Fucking knock loose. Knock loose just sounds fucking violent as fuck. Uh, live and on the record, it's it's a rarity. Chelsea grin sounds fucking violent as fuck. Fucking hard as fuck. Fucking crazy. Balls to the wall, heavy on the fucking album and they do it and they rock it live just as good like you know i get that you don't want to be pigeonholed and, and a lot of people with their bands like okay well we'll make a song that's a little bit so people can sing to it and oh, okay well, we'll throw in this blast beat here but we're also gonna we're gonna have some like fucking acoustics in there and they fucking do so much and become so overproduced and they kind of lose exactly what it is that they're trying to do uh it's slipknot And they just end up with a bunch of shit That's not Like I don't know We Are Not Your Kind To me does not have a single song That I know That is like wow that shit is heavy That shit is just straight up A fucking Ass whipping on a fucking song There's not There is on The Great Chapter A cluster It's like Probably the only song I like from that album In it's entirety I've listened to the great chapter like five or six or seven, ten times maybe, and I, I don't even think it's cluster. I think it's custer. Custer's the best song, and that kind of reminds me of old Slipknot, but it done new. And I mean, I wish that fucking the band recognized that and the, just give us an album of fucking nothing but custer. Like maybe okay, don't even give us an album. Give us fucking like a five song EP or 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 LP or whatever, seven song. And just call it a day, you know. I'm sure they got enough money. and you know? I'm sure they got fucking... They can still make money on that. Like, you know. Reduce some of those songs to just be like the demo versions. Of before they got overproduced. And just see what happens. But that's something that I would like. But they don't do it. You get stuck with these fucking... Monumentally fucking... Tyrannically overproduced fucking albums. And it's just like... Dog, what the fuck... And that's been going on with are sitting for a minute So But I like Northern Short's song I do I do like it um, I don't know the lyrics to it Or anything like that and I can tell you I've listened to it 10,000 times i probably listened to the song Probably like 20 times Maybe 15, 20 25 times Somewhere in that range uh, And each time I'm like Okay This song is a one-off And I know the EP is gonna be Three songs But I'm like Damn I want a whole album Of that shit I want like 10 songs I would like to see a body of work. That way I could get hyped to go see them. And I know they're on a badass tour in in Europe. And now I'm like, okay, they're slowly becoming this band that I want to see live. That I just... I want to fucking... I want to fucking swing and fucking work the walls. Live. Live. Motherfucker. So, they're a hot ticket item for me. I mean, most people are not... I think most people are sh- are sleeping on a Shore and I actually uh, I don't actually know what possessed me to listen to fucking Immortal but I was like okay I'll listen to it and I like liked it Then I went back and listened to the other two albums and I'm like alright and there's just some fucking tyrannical fucking songs on that shit fucking monstrous heavy songs so well, all that said, guys, uh, we can talk more Loki uh, next week. Uh, maybe, perhaps, we'll discuss some fucking some other shit. I don't know. The fourth is coming up. Take a listen to my fucking podcast. Boost my fucking listens and fucking hype me the fuck up, man. Because I'm trying. I'm trying to get this to go. Want this to fucking be a thing, so you know what it is. Follow me. I don't know where the fuck you can't follow me on Instagram because I, I don't even post there. I don't even. I have a TikTok. I don't fucking post there either. And I'm only on Twitter sparsely. So just fucking figure it figure it out, man. Follow follow me on fucking Instagram or or message me on Twitter. And if you like fucking chatting about random shit, okay. All right, I'm out, guys. Later's.